Welcome to the Just Do It podcast, hosted by Anne Duffy. Dental Entrepreneur Women is here to dive deep and share stories with the mission to inspire, highlight, empower, and connect all women in dentistry. It's Thursday, and I have a wonderful guest today. We've, we've known each other for quite some time. She's just an absolute doll, I, an ado extraordinaire. She is a dental hygienist. She is also a licensed licensed professional counselor. Isn't that awesome? And she's a edu an educator, a hygiene educator at a school where she lives. So she wears multiple hats and she's also an amazing writer. She has written a couple of stories for us uh, for Do Magazine. And from the very first story that she wrote, uh, she, uh, she just blew me away with her writing skills. So I'm just so pleased to introduce to you today, my dear friend, Candace Swarthout, and here she comes. Hello, Candace. Hi. Hi, Anne. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. It so looks like you've got a speed to be here. Oh, I'm so glad you had the time today because I know you're busy. You've got uh, lessons plans. I know you've got a lot of stuff going on, even though you are at a stay 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 at home mode, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, good. Well, I saw something, uh, Kathy Signo, who is one of our dues, and she was at the retreat. I just love she and Tony. They have a, an office up in, I think, I don't know, Minnesota, Minneapolis. I don't know, somewhere up there, Wisconsin. Um, and they were talking today that they just hired a brand new grad as a dental hygienist right oh, out of good. school. And that her enthusiasm and attitude is so great that they they just they're thrilled to have her on board. And um, and I thought that my that mindset and what, that's what we're going to talk about today um, is mindset and mindfulness. So I'm I'm excited about that. I think that if people are watching, um, they're going to get a lot out of um, our conversation today. But but tell me, I mean, I you know there's a lot of talk about mindset and mindfulness. But what is your definition of my, mindfulness? So mindfulness is a, um, a way to emotionally regulate yourself through a practice. So essentially, it's a form of meditation, and it's an adaptation from a Buddhist practice. But it has become secular, and it has become secular through science. So there are, there, it's evidence-based that it's mm -hmm. effective, and it's effective in treating anxiety and depression, and it's about really paying attention on purpose to something as it is without judging it, without changing it and without analyzing it. And so if you if you remember back into maybe your psychology class that you took when you're in hygiene school, mm -hmm. that there's different kinds of ways we can change our mindset. So there can be cognitive reappraisals or, you know, these cognitive behavioral therapies that we can implement where in some of those things we're changing we're actually changing our mindset. We're changing our focus. So an example might be like if something happens to me that I find disturbing or that I find uncomfortable, a cognitive reappraisal could be that, well, I'm going to think differently about this event right now. So I feel better. It might be that I change my judgment to curiosity or, you know, I, I find a way to change the way I'm thinking about it to make the situation better, but that's not what mindfulness is. Mindfulness is actually facing something as it is without trying to change it. So it's, it's not avoiding and it's, it's taking things head on, but it takes practice to do that. So if you think about how in our bodies, right, if we want to have a strong body, mm -hmm. we want to have a fit body. If I want to have biceps and then I've got to go to the gym 
and I've got to, you know, do the biceps or do the whatever it is that I want to be strong. Well, mm-hmm. it's the same thing with our mind, right? Like I can't necessarily wake up this morning and say, well, I'm going to wake up this morning and I'm going to be fit. And I haven't gone. Okay. To the gym. You see what I'm saying? So yeah. Mindfulness is a, is an exercise and a practice for me to make my mind more fit. Wow. I just, you know, I never thought about it like that. Honestly, Candace, I just thought that once you, you know, if you've got a situation and it's a sad situation, I mean, you're just going to have to, you know, you have to accept, you have to accept it. And then you can't really uh, change your mind around it. So, I mean, so this is like something that is a, that gives us some hope that no matter what we're feeling, we can, um, change it, right? Change it from, from our mindset. Is that what, is that what you're saying? Well, and I'm I'm saying that we can take, it doesn't mean that something upsetting or, or disturbing is not, is going to then not be upsetting or disturbing. It's that I can now handle those feelings better because I've created this space through my practice in my brain where, um, okay, so I'll give you some. I'll give you some examples. So let me let me start with a little bit of history about okay. it. Okay. To the monks, because I think it's if when you understand where this came from and can see that it's not it's not necessarily a religious or a spiritual practice at all. If you don't want it to be, it can be. But if you don't want it to be, it doesn't have to be. So I'll do. A yeah, little the bit of science of it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So there were some American scientists several decades ago that they started to notice the monks and they started to notice these attributes that they have. Like they, I don't know if we have a a Buddhist temple that's down the street. And so sometimes I see them in the grocery store and I always, I kind of want to get close to them because they have this, this like aura or something about them. Their faces look happy. They just have this calmness and, and this Mm. um, way, right. That's um, it's even hard for me to put words to it. It's just like this peacefulness. Mm-hmm. And so these American scientists started to go, what is this? Like, what do these guys have? And what do these women have that we don't have? Well, they're practicing, they're in this contemplative practice and they dedicate their lives to it. So they were able to agree. And some of the monks came and got an MRI machines. They let them scan their brains. And mm-hmm. what they found was, is that their brains looked a lot lot different than people who were not in a contemplative practice. And the difference was, is that there was a strong connection between the prefrontal cortex and the amygdala. And that connection was through white matter. So if you can dig way back down into anatomy and physiology, right, way back from when we were in school, um, I'll do a little quick brain science thing that if you take if I take my hand, right, and I tuck my thumb underneath, and this is now I have like, this is my little handy model of the brain. So prefrontal cortex here, then brain mm-hmm. here, and then mm-hmm. tucked way down underneath our prefrontal cortex is the amygdala. And it's two little almond sized guys down in there. And they're tiny and they're covered up by our giant prefrontal cortex. And so our prefrontal cortex is where we have rational thinking. Like I'm speaking to you right now from our prefrontal cortex, right? I'm, I'm logical, okay. all of those things. I can be calm, but the amygdala is where negative emotions land and that gets us fired up. Okay. So let's just say something negative happens, something triggers you. You have, I have, we all have 
old habitual ways of being that go way back. And you and I could probably talk for an hour about that, but just to keep it simple for today is that it's stuff that we start learning when we're babies and then we build these habits in our brain and we actually build these pathways, right? So I have a neuron Mm -hmm. and a neuron and they fire with, they, they fire together. So what fires together wires together. So then I create these grooves in my brain. And so let's just say that um, somebody says something to me and I feel unimportant to them. Mm-hmm. And th- that's, the, that's what gets triggered. Well, that neuron that gets triggered is going to go through that same pathway that it does every time I feel unimportant. And so I'm going to have this reaction. And maybe the reaction is defensiveness or maybe it's um, avoidance or maybe mm-hmm. it's revenge or whatever that is. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so unless I can be aware of those old behavioral patterns and start changing them through this mindfulness practice. So what happens is when we're mindful, this neuron and this neuron will stop firing together. We'll find a new place for it to go. Okay. Okay? And then in that, as we, as I build my mindfulness practice, so now that the neurons are firing differently, my prefrontal cortex and my amygdala are speaking to each other way better. So now like the monks are, have this good connection of white matter between the prefrontal cortex and the amygdala, then I can start to gain that space. Does that make sense? Yeah. Explaining it to, okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's very cool we can make a difference and we don't even know it. It's like so cool that we can do that without taking a pill or, or a drug or anything. This is, this is definitely something that we can all do. It, you can do it anywhere. Like you could even do it while you're driving if you wanted to, you know, it's a, and, and I'll take, I'll take you through a, a mindfulness practice in a little bit so you can see what it feels okay. like and, and something to consider too. think about, think about our, this, this thing, right here, right? We're on our phones all the time and we're scrolling. And so I believe that this, this way of life that we're in now, this scrolling way of life is that we're setting these new adaptive responses in our brain by scrolling that are unhealthy. Because Mm -hmm. if you think about it, if you're on, if you're on social media and you're scrolling and you're scrolling, we're training our brains to go after the next image, go after the next image, go after the next thing right? Without taking the time to sit in it Mm -hmm. and to, and something might make us angry and we move on. Something might make us feel good and we move on, but we don't really take the time to sit in it and contemplate it and to understand why we feel that way about it. We're just chasing the next, the next, the next, the next. And so now we're all stuck at home, Right. right? Where there's no place to go. Um, some of us are in, situations where maybe there are people who they're not getting along with their spouse, their, their kids are home with them, they're homeschooling. There are all of these things that are piling, piling, piling on top. And I believe that this could be a small thing that you could start implementing into your life. Even if it were two to three minutes a day, you could do it while you're in the shower when you can get away from your kids and your spouse Mm -hmm. and hopefully start creating um, the space in your brain where you can have those neurons firing differently. And then that way, when somebody says something if, that makes me feel unimportant, instead of going to my old habitual response, I can have a mm-hmm. new adaptive behavior because I've trained my brain to have, um, 
I like to think of it as a mudroom. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you know how like ho- houses that have mudrooms. So you come in, you take off your coat, you hang it up, you take off your boots. So you don't drag all the mud and water and whatever through the house. Yes. So when we have practiced mindfulness and we have created this space or this mudroom in our brain, when that thing that happens, when that person says something or does something that make me that makes me feel unimportant, then since I have that mudroom space in my brain, I can go, how do I want to respond to this? Right? I can mm-hmm. sit in it and I can think about it comfortably because I've been practicing being uncomfortable and now I can sit in that comfortably and go, okay, now I'm going to, I'm going to be in control of this emotion instead of this emotion being in control of me. And then I can react or respond accordingly. Yeah. That's the key that that's, that's, that's really well said that you're in charge of the emotion instead of the emotion in charge of you. Wow. Who knew, who knew that this was even possible? Um, do you think, when does this start? Like you think about where the monks, they, so they were, I wonder if they were always calm and then all of a sudden, oh, I think I'd be a monk because I'm a calm person. Or were they just a regular person and decided to be a monk? And then that started to, to, to their brain started to, with their meditation and their mindfulness and they're just, they're, they're, it's, it's an order of, of peacefulness. You know, what, what, wonder what comes first. Does anybody know that? Um, I can't, I can't say for sure, but I'm guessing based on the research that I've read that it's the, it's the contemplative practice that brings them the peace. Okay. Okay. Well, that's, that's the interesting because we talk about practice makes perfect, doesn't it? And, um, and practice takes effort and you have, and it's action. It's action. So, you know, we always think of action. I like that idea of the physical action, but to take action for your brain and be purposeful about that. That's, that's exciting. That is, that is really exciting. Well, and I think it helps us increase our awareness around what our old automatic behavioral patterns are Mm -hmm. as well. And, you know, one of the things I teach is that we, it's so uncomfortable to, for us to have a mindset change and for us to have a behavior change, it's, it's really uncomfortable right? Because we have to look at ourselves dead on in the face. And, and if we have a behavior that needs to be changed, it's usually not pretty, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, so mindfulness can have those components to it where I'm going to sit in this feeling or I'm going to sit in this thought or emotion or whatever it is I have and just let it be. And it helps it helps for me. It helps for me to increase my awareness around where does that thing come from? Why do I feel this way? Mm-hmm. Because until we can be in touch with the reasons that we're triggered, the reasons that we respond, if we're reactive, if we anger easily, if we withdraw easily, whatever that is, we have to dig back down and find out well, where did that come from to start with. And you know, you can tell me, you can sit here and tell me all day that I'm good enough or that I'm smart enough or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, but I have to believe, I have to find the place in myself to believe that for myself. And that comes with a lot of hard work. And that's one of the reasons I love mindfulness is because even just a few minutes a day of it is the hard work, can be the hard work that helps us start to have that calmness, that peacefulness. 
Mm. And, you know, confidence is, is so important. I mean, it kind of lends itself to confidence also, right? When you have mm -hmm. peace with yourself and you know that you're, you're doing the right thing. I heard a long time ago that nobody can make you feel bad except yourself, you know, something like that. I don't know if that's a, that, that, that maybe I'm not quoting that right, but it's almost like, you know, um, sticks and stones can break my bones, but words can never hurt me, those kinds of things. So it's almost like mindfulness has been around, but it's in a different context in a sense, right? Because it's, again, you'll, you'll get those, those things. And especially like a step, hi guys, Stephanie Baker, Manal and Sharon. Oh, hi. Guys. Hello, hello, ladies. Hello, hello. Um, you know, they, Stephanie wrote the, the article about being enough. And I mm -hmm. think that women especially, uh, you know, I hate to say it, but it, you know, we're still struggling with that. Are we enough? Are we smart enough? Um, and, and I also liked what you thought about, you know, if somebody um, kind of dismisses you, you know, the, the different emotions that can come up, hurtfulness, revenge. And I mean, those are all things that I, I was like, yeah, you know, it, it, it depends on how you're feeling and how often that has happened and, and what your mindset is when it, when it does happen. And it's a horrible feeling. And the person that is, is, is um, you might be feeling that way. And sometimes we read it wrong, right? And right. so sometimes somebody's just in a hurry and they didn't know that we were trying to say hello, you know, like walking away from us is like, well, that wasn't very nice. I just know they don't like me. Um, but then again, you know, it's just a waste of time to have mindfulness or to, to think poorly, really. I mean, you know, we can save yourself a lot of time and we'll be so much more productive. Right. And taking it personally, right? Yeah. Because I think that's what happens a lot of times is we take things personally that aren't, that aren't personal. Like I'll, um, I'll give you some personal examples for me. I'll be really vulnerable. I wasn't really planning on talking about this on here, but Hey, we're here. I'll do, we're with friends, right? With, oh, our, with all of our girlfriends. That's so, right. That's right. Um, so I, I was in a marriage for a long time that was, um, a, pretty uncomfortable situation in that there was emotional abuse. And so when I got into a new relationship, one of the ways that mindfulness has helped me be, I think, a better partner and to make better decisions in the relationship is that part of my work was that, or is, it still is every day. It's, you know, relationships are work every day. We have to work mm -hmm. on ourselves every day. Part of my work is that through my being mindful, the, the increased, this increased awareness about my automatic responses came through my realization that I was operating from my child self. Oh, okay. So in the marriage, he was a lot older than me. I, he was the adult and I was a child a lot. And so I responded from my child self. I responded from the little girl that was hurt, that wanted revenge, that was angry or whatever. And so in my current relationship, what I have learned to do is that when that thing comes in that lands in that, that neuron that wants to fire in that old pathway, I stop and ask myself, it, are you feeling this way because you're the little girl's responding or is the adult responding? Mm. And I will tell you, and I'll say probably 99% of the time, if I stop and give myself that space to ask that question, the answer is the little girl is responding almost wow. always. And it's incredible. It's incredible because it gives me an opportunity to decide how I'm going to react or respond. And instead of reacting with a blow up, well, you know, and then there's an argument, 
I can work that out for myself, but then I can go back to him and say, Hey babe, here's the deal. When you said that I re this is how I felt, but I recognize where it came from. I just want you to know that when you say things like that, that's, it triggers that little girl in me. And then he respects that space, you know? So it's yeah. a completely different um, way for me to function in a relationship. Yeah, I can, I can relate to that because I, I know back in the day and I try hard not to get there. I, maybe it's maturity because you've been studying it and I think I've gotten better at it as I've gotten older, but we used to have Tom and I, you know, people think we don't fight, you know, I'm like, oh yeah, we fight. Um, and we, and, and I would, I would just go on and on and on. And then it's, it's really, I had to say it, it was his fault to begin with. And then I, I end up having to go back and say, I'm sorry, because mm -hmm. I blew up like a baby. And, you know, that is not a win. That's not a win. Um, so to be able to take that breath and, um, and, and get your, my act together is really, uh, it, it's been very powerful. And I know that I can, I'm always have to, I'm going to always have to work on that. That is, that is really true. I mean, it just, not just in a marriage, not just in a, a relationship, even friendship, women in friendship, oh, yeah. right? Yeah, for sure. Work kids. Um, you know, it's, it's something, every relationship we need to work on that. And we have to work on ourselves because it, it does boil down to, you know, it's not what we, we get, it's how we handle what we get. Mm -hmm. Um, and that this is talks exactly to what you're, you know, speaks to, to mindfulness, but what, how does it, how does mindfulness training work? I mean, so, you know, we want to be better. We want to think better about ourselves. How does that work? So you bring up a good point about, um, you know, and you're saying that you say, oh, well, it's all his fault. And then you come back yeah. and you go, well, it's my fault. One of the things I like to show the students is with my, the handy model of the brain. And I'll say this, the handy model of the brain was not my idea. This is from Dan Siegel, who is a famous psychologist, who he studied mindfulness his most of his career. So his stuff is great to read if, if you're interested. Okay. But the way he explains it is, let's say we, we go back to this. So let's say your husband says something that triggers, you know, one of the mm -hmm. things we're talking about, it's one of those old behavioral patterns. And that it, for me, I could say the little girl gets, gets triggered. Mm -hmm. So then that amygdala gets lit up and it's vibrating and it's like, right. And so the way he explains it is if you think about it's flipping your lid. Okay. And so remember how I said this was the prefrontal cortex. Well, when you flip your lid, now this prefrontal cortex is like later sister, I'm not going to help you out right now. Right. Because right. the amygdala is too excited and the prefrontal cortex, it goes offline. And so you do whatever the behavior is. Well, it's your fault. No, it's your fault. Well, you do this, you know, and you get in the argument. So then when you get you, when you go to the other room or you take the break and you sit there and you think about it and you're like, oh man, I'm a jerk. Right. It, yeah. I really, that yeah. was, I could see where the, what was my fault and I could see where I need to apologize. So then we have this, whoop, Right. And it's because now we can go back into the prefrontal cortex and think from that place and say, okay, I'm a jerk. I'm going to go back and I'm going to apologize. Well, that's where that connection comes in between if we have those strong ties with that white matter and those firing neurons between the prefrontal cortex and the amygdala, then we're less likely to have a lid flip. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, right. The way it works is, you know, I was saying earlier, it's about, it's about purposeful and effortful practice of paying attention to something 
and not trying to change it, not trying to judge it and not trying to evaluate it. It's just there and just being in it, right. Just being in it. So if you want, and I could take every, you and everybody who's listening through a, like maybe a short five minute practice. I think that would be great. I think that would be great. You know, I want to say one more thing about this because I mentioned this a couple of weeks ago and we had a thing. So it's not only helpful for us, but I'm thinking in, in a relationship because when we do get in a fight, I'm thinking autonomy. I mean, and I've said this before and people get a laugh out of it. It's really true. When I can now, because of what you just said, I can almost see sometimes when his, uh, he has a, uh, what did you call that? When the when lid, lid flip, a, a lid flip. And so that's when I say, um, I let, I'm going to, I'm going to leave the room. I'll, I'll be available when you want to apologize. But what that does is just diffuses everything. And then we all take a break and I, you know, you're saving somebody from flipping their lid and you see it starting to go and it just keeps going and going, and going and you feel bad for it. I mean, because we're all having, you know, especially when you think of women in menopause or you're, you know, during your period or whatever, you know, like they, they we blame that on, um, the flipping our lids. Yes. Meltdowns mm-hmm. and things like that hormonal. But I do think it's a grace that we can give to somebody else to just kind of walk away from that. We don't have to win. We can walk away because they're flipping their lid and they're not thinking clearly and they're speaking. Um, they wouldn't speak that way unless they, they it just it just blew up. So I, I love how that we can we can help each other and we can you know, that's a very yin and yang type of yes. um you know, and I think, too, if somebody asks for, you know, because I think in heated moments, somebody can ask for space away and, and maybe you don't want to give it because no, I want to solve this right now. Right. Let's talk. We're going to talk right now. Right. Yeah. But I think that's also a gift that you can give them and yourself. If they, if they ask for that moment, I, I need a second and giving them that yeah. space is it's respect for you and for them because mm-hmm. then it helps you get back into this place where you can have an adult conversation. Yes. It seems so simple. This is just great. Where were you in the very beginning of all these marriages out there and all these relationships? This is just, this should be, this should be all engaged couples should, should go through something like this, right? A little mindfulness um, exercise. Well, so I came and I think everybody, I bet everybody on here, there's like a a group of ladies that would love to uh, participate in something like this. Let's see if there's any question. I saw a question. Um, what you got? Oh, Stephanie says no one can make you inferior without your consent. There you go. That, and then Eleanor Roosevelt. Go, all right. Thank you, Stephanie. That's that's I what I was looking for. Stephanie has like the best positive. I some days I get on Facebook just to see what she's saying today because I know. Oh, no kidding. It's, she it's just calms everybody down. She's beautiful. I know, soul. love it. And Thank then, you. Um, Cheryl says, how do you feel mind? How do you feel about mindfulness being tied to our breathing patterns? Okay. So we'll do a little bit of breathing in this practice. It's definitely tied to breathing patterns. Yes. All right. So if everybody will just take a moment to get comfortable in your chair. So it's okay. good if you have your feet on the floor so you can feel grounded and feel yourself just sitting in the chair and close your eyes if you're comfortable with that. And then take a deep breath and exhale. Take another deep breath. Exhale. And on this next one, I want you to put your hand on your stomach and let your stomach rise instead of your chest. Inhale. 
and exhale. And then one more time, big belly breath and exhale. Now I want you to have all of your attention shift to your ears. Nothing else exists except for what you can hear. Take a moment and just focus on what you hear. My voice, birds outside, water running somewhere, just listen. When your mind wanders, and it will, bring it back to what you hear. No judgment. No analyzing. It's just sound. Take a deep breath into your belly and exhale. I want you to shift all of your attention purposefully to the images in your head. Images are going to come in and you're going to watch them leave like a movie playing. Whatever shows up, you're going to acknowledge its presence and let it pass. No judgment. No analyzing. No changing it. When your mind wanders and it will, come back to the images. It doesn't even matter what they are. Look at them and let them go. Now we're going to shift all of our attention purposely to our feelings. What are you feeling right now? Name it. Don't judge it. And now I want you to think about where it lives in your body. Where do you feel it in your body? Is it in your throat? in your chest, in your stomach, in your back, wherever it is, focus on it, pay attention to it, and just let it be. The feeling that lives in your body may become more intense, just let it become more intense. Don't forget to breathe. We're going to take one more shift and take all of our attention back to our ears. Nothing else exists but the sounds you hear. Is it my voice? Something outside? Just listen. 
when your mind wanders, bring it back to just what you hear. All right, we're going to take some deep breaths, good belly breaths. Feel your belly rise and fall. One more time, good deep breath in and out. Feel your feet on the floor. Feel your body heavy in the chair. And when you're ready, open your eyes. What do you think, Anne? How was that? Oh, that felt, it feels great. I feel a sense of calm and a sense of peace and delight. Uh, I feel lighter. That was a gift. Good. Thank you. Thank you. It's a beautiful exercise. And I, even just guiding someone through it, I feel those things that you're talking about because I get super excited to explain it to people. So I get up here, right? Because I'm, mm -hmm. I want you to understand it, and I get excited about it. And so then when I take anybody through it, I I feel like it's that's a gift back to me too because it brings everything down. It really does. I, um, I'm so glad we went through this because I initially didn't get it. I thought I was going to change the way I felt and I'm Ooh. going to hold it. So thank you for that distinction. Yes. Um, I'm really going to contemplate on this. Do we, should we, how often should I be doing this? And just, I mean, as a, as a practice, how I want to get better at this, Candace. I really want to be in, you know, more control. I, I, is that a bad thing to say? But more control of my emotions? Is that what I'm trying to do? Tell mm -hmm. me. Yes, trying to be in control of your emotions. And I love the word that you use, hold it, because that's exactly what it is. Because if I can, like, so the part where we, I said, sit in your feelings and mm -hmm. figure out where does it live in your body? What did you feel? I felt okay about it. Mm -hmm. I, I didn't feel like it was horrible. I just felt like I, I felt strong enough that I could hold it. And, and, and actually when I was breathing out, I almost felt like I was kind of releasing any, any tension that I had. So I, I, I was just, I don't know if that makes sense or not, but um, it's not bad. It's, it's okay. I got through it or something. Yes, and that's, yeah. And that's the point is that if you can, in your own personal space, if you can work through holding it, I love that. I love that you said that. That's my, I think that's, I'm going to add that to, to my You're um, good. vocabulary here. Um, if you can hold it and you're, and you feel safe and you feel comfortable and you're by yourself, then when you're interacting with somebody else, then you've had that, you've practiced it you've created that space, you've created that stronger bond between your rational brain and your negative emotional brain. And so to answer your question, even doing this for a couple of minutes a day 
could help you be stronger, but you could, there's people who sit and do it for an hour. I mean, we probably only did it for maybe four minutes mm-hmm. or so. Mm-hmm. Um, but that, what I just did, you could do, you could extend that for as long as you wanted to. You could do it when you're in the shower, just even the feeling, the water coming on your head, you know, anything that's, that's sensory, that's of any of your senses. If you can hear it, see it, smell it, feel it, that you mm-hmm. just focus in on that. Um, if you're driving and you feel like you need to come down, even like sometimes if I get elevated while I'm driving, even just feeling my hands on the steering wheel, because I'm purposefully focusing on that thing in the moment, it kind of, it helps bring my heart rate down. It's all vagal, right? Mm-hmm. And so the vagus nerve gets elevated and we can just bring down our heart rate, bring down our respirations by that intentional focus onto something. So mm-hmm. as little, as little as a few minutes a day to, if you wanted to make it an hour a day, you could do that. And there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of apps. There's a lot of books. There's a ton of stuff on mindfulness out there. Um, I have a sleep app. It's called I dream easy. No, I sleep easy. Okay. And I'll put in like one earbud as I'm falling asleep and this lady takes you through a practice like this and it's amazing. I usually fall asleep before she's finished. Wow. And so there are all kinds of things like that that can be helpful. I think one of them is called Calm. Yes, I've and heard of Calm. Uh, in fact, my daughter-in-law uh, uses that. She's an oncology PA and she uses that with her her patients. Ooh, Calm. Okay. Um, I'll tell you, it made me feel s- stronger. I've got to say that I just felt like I it was about me. I don't know. I just felt like I I had an inner strength going through that, that it's not about anything that's out there. It's all what's here Mm -hmm. and it's okay. And it's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Thank Thank you. Thank you so much. I think that was a lovely exercise. I learned a lot. I've got distinction now. I mean, I know I, I really appreciate you walking us through um, the history of mindfulness and I think we need to have you back on again. Um, we'll do another one of these because I mean, this is just something that is is kind of out of our realm. We don't take time for ourselves. We talk so much about self-care and um, oh, I'm gonna do that when I get into the bath salts. I've been doing a few baths mm-hmm. and I think that's, that's mm-hmm. gonna, um, you know, ramp that up a little bit from a um, ramp it up to be calm. I'm gonna ramp my, my calmness. Um, and it's something I'm gonna have to work on because I'm not one to take that time, but boy, I feel great. I really well, do. And I think, you know, you make a good point about the bath because if you're going to take the bath anyway, right, right. you're going to be in that space by yourself. Why not use the time to make that your, your mindfulness training time where you're focusing on, if you want to go through this exercise or anything, if you want to do any kind of, you know, guided type of mindfulness practice where you're focusing and you're, and you're really just, de-escalating everything. So choose, you know, you could choose, you don't have to, you don't have to take any more time out of your day. It can be where you already have some time built in. Well, you know, I love that because I was talking with somebody yesterday and I have a real hard time. I, I love these Epsom salts, right? These uh, mm-hmm. spearmint and all that and eucalyptus. It's my favorite. I can't get in the, I can't stay in there 20 minutes. It says stay in 20 minutes. I'm like, looking at my watch, like, well, have I been in here 20 minutes yet? So this gives me a double uh, excuse or reason to practice it. I, that's, that's just something I'm going to practice. And I'm going to, you know, that's two reasons 
mindfulness, practice of mindfulness, and just being in salt bath. Um, for a lot of amount of time is self-care in this stressful time that we have. And I think it's going to, you know, rub off on the people that we meet and our, and our, our, our families, how we react with uh, our relationships. And, um, you know, it's all about love and relationships anyway. So if we can, it's going to help all of us be more loving uh, for ourselves. And um, uh, just to repeat again, where Stephanie's um, notice on here was um, no one can make you inferior without your consent. That that's that's rich and it really speaks to this, doesn't it? So, is there yes, anything else, anything else, Candice, that you want to part with today? Because we've had a wonderful, I feel like I've had a wonderful session. Thank you yes, very much. Yeah, thank you. Uh, I just hope that you know people who are watching get even if it's something small out of this and and carry it forward. I really believe and and speak a lot about personal responsibility, and I think in that that responsibility. You know, I mean that we are caring for ourselves in a way that lets us be there for other people. And it has to come, This is, in my opinion, that caring for ourselves has to come from physical, mental, spiritual standpoints. We have to take care of all of the things in order to take care of the people that we love. And, and we, I'm the only person who can do that. It's take, I'm the only person who can take care of me, right? And this gift of mindfulness is free to everybody, right? Oh. You don't have to, you don't have to pay for a thing. You just have to, you just have to do it. And so I hope that people will practice it and it'll help enrich something in their lives. Yeah. And make it a habit, right? And make it a mm -hmm. habit, a habit of mindfulness. Well, we can reach you. Anybody has any questions, you can Candice Swarthout at .com. I, I'm going to be very mindful of the rest of my day and um, the days ahead. So thank you so much for joining us today and we will see you soon. You, you know, we're gonna um, do these more often. It's gonna be wonderful. And I just thanks so much, Candace. you have a wonderful day. You too, thanks for having me, Anne. You bet, you bet. That was amazing. She's just so special. Um, she's got so many gifts and I, I love that she is in the business of caring for people, for patients, for for uh, you know her her patients in the clinic and also for her students and then to take this also to take on being a, a professional uh, counselor that's just that's that's a lovely a lovely career she's set in front of her so uh, be aware that she's been writing for us more often she's got so many ideas up her sleeve and so uh, don't forget to to reach out and um, and check out some of her articles in our past issues. So everybody out there, you guys stay safe and keep doing you, okay? Keep doing you. Love you guys. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Just Do It podcast hosted by Ann Duffy. To learn more about dental entrepreneur women, to share your story, or to join the movement, please visit our website, do.life. That is D-E-W dot life. Subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcasting app to make sure you don't miss an episode. And in the meantime, keep doing you.